Hey everybody, it's Ben and Rob from Edge of Wonder. So today's show is on alien tech and UFOs. That's because a, a news came out basically that Harvard professor named Avi Loeb may have his hands on fragments of alien technology from a meteor that landed in the waters of Papua New Guinea in 2014. But now Loeb has been accused of stealing the fragments. So the question is, is this a distraction from his claims being true? Well, in this episode, we'll take a deep dive into history and share UFO or airship reports dating back to the 19th century. What were the strange lights spotted in the sky that looked like giant birds, which were spotted before airplanes took to the air? In other news, giant stone artifacts baffle scientists because they can't understand the purpose of these large tools supposedly being too big for ancient human beings. Scientists also now have material that's stronger than steel and lighter than aluminum. This also could be from an alien technology. <laughs> well, join us on this Edge of Wonder Live as we dive deeper into these topics. Plus, join us for a live Q&A and a group meditation slash prayer only on Rise.TV. And are you listening to the Edge of Wonder podcast? If you are, please leave us a five-star rating and review to help us reach even more people and keep making this awesome content for you guys. Ben, how you doing? Good. How are you doing, Rob? Good. Some exciting stuff in today's show. Yes, it is, actually. Um, yeah, some really interesting things have been found this week, and we're going to get into some really awesome old and I'm talking really old UFO reports <laughs> that blew me away, actually, after I started looking into this. But um, first, let's just jump right into these giant stone artifacts. So um, these are, they were thought to be over 300,000 years old. They discovered about 800 of these things. Um, I guess they were... Uh, there was like a sinkhole and in an ancient river canal and they uh, were doing some kind of archeological dig and they found these. Um, I'm trying to where, out where, did they find where this was. <laughs> um, Academy school. There's a, the Mar Maritime Academy school in Friendsburg. Where the I heck think is this that? Is in Britain. It's got to be in Britain. It's got to be in Britain. Yeah. Sounds British. Yeah. And it says UK on it too. So that's probably why I don't know where this is. Midway Valley, above the Mid Midway Valley. I don't know where that is, but anyone from the UK probably would be like, oh, I know where that is. So, um, yeah. Anyway, so what is most interesting about this was that there was two extremely large knives described as giant hand axes. And it do just we have that, photos of these? That's what Lindsay's showing right now, actually. Wait, so these are the these are the hand these are the giant knives. Yeah. So I I I these look like the flint rocks. <laughs> but I mean, the okay, if these are like knives, right? Like, why would they make them this large? Yeah, it's just because they, typically they would be like half the size for some for like us, you know, so these were um, 
the biggest one was about 30 centimeters. Is that right? So 30 centimeters in length. Aren't these more likely to be arrowheads? I mean, is anyone else thinking this? So that was my first thought. And, and if it is, and they're that size, that's what I mean, that's more like, interesting to me than like, cause a knife or yeah. and like that could be, this thing could be tied up to an ax and you're, you're smashing something with it. Right. Right. That's, that's normal. Like mm -hmm. I could see that if you're like trying to chip away at something or chip away at the dirt, whatever it yeah. is, but yeah. It would appear like if this was an arrowhead. I mean, that looks exactly like some kind of arrowhead. That's right? what I mean. Like, like, like ma magnified by like 500. <laughs> Think about how <laughs> you know? big that is. That's yeah, like, so it's like, because a typical arrowhead would kind of like fit in your palm of your hand. But I mean, if, if you were a giant, that, that could actually fit in the palm of your hand, <laughs> or at least the size of your hand, which would actually kind of make more sense you know and, and and they said the quote was these hands act hand axes are so big it's difficult to imagine how they could have been easily held and used so it's like yeah they can't they can't wrap their heads around what would be the purpose of these and why they would create something of this but i mean like size. human beings have different size like our size human beings have different size axes and knives and stuff i mean mm -hmm. you were going after something bigger this doesn't seem that weird. I mean, I don't know how heavy it is, of course, but normal axes are pretty heavy, you know? That's true. Um, they did find a collection of pottery and animal bones nearby as well. Uh, and they want to do more investigations in the area and to, to try to figure out who created them and why they were created. So, I mean... If, if you're thinking about giants and they made these and it, yeah, I mean, it's very likely that it could be multiple different, different things here. So of course they don't rule that into, you know, it's, it's like, this just baffles me with science. It's like when you're doing science, it's like, okay, let's put all options on the table. Let's not rule anything out and go through any possibility and um, actually, this goes right into when when we get into um, Avi Loeb and what he found, because he, he has a really good quote that we, we'll come back to pretty soon here. But um, yeah, so it's just, of course, if you're going to rule out giants all completely, then it's like, well, we don't understand. We may never understand why they created these like giant hand axes. And it's like, well, um, there you go. <laughs> It's like if you're talking about giants, then it's kind of easy. It's also kind of I don't know. There's a part of me that feels like it's kind of amusing for human beings to find old artifacts from ancient humans and then try to assume like what they were for sometimes. Yeah, I know. Because seriously. it's like you weren't there, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it could have been plus, a number of things. It could have been giants. It could have been a spear. It could have been. Uh, so, so, so many things and yeah yeah and we do have a uh, we have a whole spear of destiny we did a whole relic series very well documentary uh series that we've made all on the relics of power um everything you can possibly think of from from the spear of destiny yeah, to honestly you're better off watching that than Williams. the new indiana jones movie yes. so. <laughs> 
uh, yeah, the whole the, the the Holy Grail, like all of that. Um, I still haven't seen the new Indiana Jones movie. I probably will just to, so we can talk about it at some point. But maybe this week we'll see. But or see how bad yeah. it is. But um, yeah, there's our series right now, and you can it's find like that nose threw up. Yeah, what what is is that a real photo of Hitler or did we just yeah. like overdo it with his mustache there? No, that's literally that was that guy's style, dude. That's weird. Yeah, like <laughs> I can't imagine that being in ever. <sighs> I can't either. <clears throat> All right. Well then okay, now we have this Harvard professor, Avi Loeb, and he's he came out saying he believes he found fragments. Well, he didn't say specifically alien. He didn't use the word alien, but he did allude to the fact that this was fragments of uh, t- advanced technology that wasn't made on Earth. So he didn't say the okay. word alien directly, but and and I've noticed he's tried to stay away from that word alien, but he's always alluded yeah, to the fact. Why are people so afraid? The word alien just means not from here. Yeah. I, I think the mean. main thing is when you're when you're like a professor at Harvard, you know, it's like you have to kind of say things in a framework so your peers could, you know, not ridicule you. And I and I think that's kind of what happens. So this guy, he, he keeps popping up in the news. And um, uh, since we're on this, Lindsay, let's pull up the, um, the uh, what is it? Omo, Omo, Omoa, Omoa. Sorry. Omoa, Omoa. Um, that's that, that meteorite craft thing that came out um 2018 and it wasn't one of these days we're gonna get it right ben yeah wuma wuma oh um right yeah yeah yeah, there it is the muamua so okay so this is really fascinating because he had this quote and he said my approach to puzzling um properties of wuma wuma is purely scientific and evidence-based. I follow the, the maxim of Sherlock Holmes. When you have excluded all possible, impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. So his conclusion is that this is some kind of um, advanced technology from a distant solar system, which came from Lyra, I think, or Libra. It's, I think I want to say Lyra. And um, he actually said, and he published a paper. This is a Har- This is a Harvard study that he published at Harvard University based on this thing. And he felt like it was a, um, like a, basically it was like studying Earth. Like it, it was coming here as a. Um, like a mission to study earth and it's more of like a satellite or a probe that so this was rock gathering information well science called it a rock nasa called it a rock he was like we don't have enough evidence to say it's just a rock or a meteor. well and this is so this also is an artist rendition of mm-hmm. it this is not an actual that photo true. That is hundred percent true. Do we know what this thing actually looks like? Because I feel like this itself is like a part of the operation or whatever it is. 
he he now yeah no 100 percent. and he did actually write not all shells are the same and similarly only a fraction of the interstellar objects might be technological debris of alien civilizations but we should examine anything that enters the solar system from interstellar space in order to infer the true nature of of wama wama or umo umo sorry muamua man i don't know why i can't say muamua or other objects of its mysterious um population so um there's yeah. your photograph. What'd what you is say? this? There's your photograph of what it looks like. There it is. Wow. And from that, they conferred a flat cylindrical rock. Yeah. Well, I mean, I they, like that's a little much. I'm sure NASA had all of its, uh, you know, and properly documented. Had, had all, I'm sure they got very extremely detailed photos of this thing. And we're like, okay, yeah, we can't publish these. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like a minion named this thing, you know, from the movie minions. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a, uh, it's a, um, it's gotta be Hawaiian. It's a Hawaiian. I, I, yeah. I forget what it means. Welcome. I can't remember for sure now. I can't remember, but anyway, um, yeah, so I wanted to kind of bring this up because he's kind of been on the forefront of actually looking beyond what the mainstream narrative is saying is saying about these things. So his team found um, there, there was this crash in 2014 in Papua New Guinea, and his team went there and they found these fragments, these metal fragments, and there was 10 of them. And he says that the U.S. Space Command confirmed with almost near certainty, 99.999%, that the material came from another solar system. So there was a comet that crashed here. Um, and, you know, he, he's kind of, again, he's not saying that this is like actual alien technology here. But he is alluding to the fact that this could be from advanced civilization that this these fragments came from. And it was more of like possibly more of a craft than a meteorite that was that crashed. Um, so and he and then like, like they were talking about the 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 structure of these things and what its components, what it's made of. It's like partly iron, silicone, magnesium, titanium, and other trace element elements. Um, actually, there was fifty of them that they found in total, and these were all underwater that they they went to mm. um, uh, retrieve these and. Um, so then, you know, so then it's kind of like, okay, are these real, you know, could these be from some kind of extraterrestrial craft or, or, you know, even some other extraterrestrial civilization. And now they're now, um, the officials from Papua New Guinea are accusing his team of stealing these things. <laughs> what so yeah, yeah yeah we'll get into that these are these are actually the fragments that they found this just must be some like egos at play and competition going on or something like that right yeah so um yeah so anyway they uh th th that's and that's what i think is kind of kind of ironic you know it, it's almost like by them coming out saying hey you stole these fragments because 
according to Papua New Guinea, they didn't have the credentials needed to do the, the research and get these out of the water. And, you know, so they kind of were like, Hey, you, you shouldn't have done this. And, um, and he did claim Loeb did actually say that he, he, he said these could be from an interstellar interstellar spacecraft. So that's, what's kind of interesting about this whole thing. So there they are once again, they're not really that big. You know, as you can see, like maybe coin size, but um, this is a millimeter, half half a millimeter to one millimeter. Huh. Oh, yeah. So that's pretty tiny. Yeah, so, but it's interesting that they're this round, you know, like those look made rather than uh, being something as a result of uh, of like metal melting or anything like that, you know? That's what's so fascinating with me because if they were from a meteorite that crashed, they, they should be in like fragments and broken pieces. Um, and these look more. Yeah, we've never seen round particles yeah. off of a meteorite. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's always like the, even if they're very hot, they still break and, and the rocks are not round, not like that. Yeah. And what's interesting is that... And they're almost um, perfect. Look at that. These are almost perfect spheres yeah. or metallic marbles. Yeah, which is why I think... And they have colors of gold, blue, brown, and some resemble a mixture of Earth. Yeah, you're not going to find especially blue in meteorites, from my understanding. I don't think I've ever encountered anything that was blue. What are trace elements? So... What is I, trace I, elements? Like I, I thought, I mean, it could be from, you know, I, I, I'm not actually 100% sure, but I thought it could potentially be other elements that, that are on the periodic table or that are like, you know, small, small percentage of it or even things that are like that came up that are not registered in the periodic table. And if that's true, then they wouldn't know. And any were. element that is required in minute quantities for physiological functioning okay i mean so it, it is possible if these are like let's just throw it out there from like some craft or something like that then you know they may have a very specific function of how that craft works and um you know then again certain things will not end up showing up when they're doing tests on these but um, it is very interesting. These elements or trace metals are minerals presented in living tissue in small amounts. Hmm. Yeah, it's very fascinating. And iron, like, oh, it's like, Wow, that's so fascinating. So they could actually, in living tissue, these could help um, transport various different things like oxygen and blood and hemoglobin and myoglobin. That's really fascinating, actually. All trace metal elements are toxic if consumed at high levels for too long, for long periods of time. Well, 
I, I mean, I, I don't know how you would consume that anyway, but unless you eat it, yeah, yeah, breathe it in. I guess you could breathe it in. That, that's, I guess, you or if it's that. in your water, like heavy metals being in your water is not a good thing. <sighs> Definitely not. Any metal in the water is not good. Okay, so, so why is he accused of stealing? What's up with this? Oh, because it's just because they did. I guess they didn't get permission from the um, Papua New Guinea government to go there and and go on this. They they took a boat out there and then they had divers and a whole. Um, why would you go out there and if you didn't get permission? I don't know. That doesn't I mean, make sense. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, you know what I'm saying, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe they were just like, like hey, this ignorance, is just, but this is just water. I mean, it's just the ocean. Anyone can go out here and do whatever they want, you know. But that—that's just what they're saying, you know. And the fact that they're like, oh, I'm sure if they were out there just doing something completely unrelated, no one would care. It's just the fact that it's like, if they turn out to be some kind of alien technology, and it's true, then it's like, I think they're kind of freaking out about that. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know. Like what, what happens if it does come out to be true? So they're like, you stole these. And um, because it's like, you didn't get a chance for our scientists to look into them first, which they would probably come back and just I'm say, sorry. Yeah, Are there great lot. scientists over in Papua New Guinea? I don't, know. I don't know about that. I'm sure whatever would happen, uh, the like military industrial complex from the U S would go over there and say, yeah, this is ours. We're taking it. So, right <laughs> they wouldn't even have a chance to probably study it anyway so and that could actually be the case they could have gotten pressure from somebody else saying why did you allow this so then they have to make a statement you know because the u.s government can't make a statement because it's not their jurisdiction technically so then it's like i i, I actually imagine that's more what happened you know they probably could care less who's out there doing whatever and then all of a sudden you know you get a phone call from the pentagon saying why did you allow this well, I like, just wonder what they thought they were going to do with that. Well, study it, you know, for what? It, yeah. So that they can yeah. be the first to claim that extraterrestrials exist like that would happen. Well, they can't claim that extraterrestrials exist through these fragment pieces. But what they can show is that, oh, hey, these actually have some kind of um, like man-made structure to it, you know, or, or these elements aren't normally found together in nature. And this looks like it, it was actually created into something, you know, that that's, I think more what they would say rather than, um, you know, here's alien technology. I don't think they would, they, they can't really claim that. I don't think with these fragments, but they can talk about it from like, you know, this does look like some kind of alloy that was, you know, a composite of something and, made to mold and this could be on a craft or, or something like that but yeah it's really it's interesting though because there was 50 of them all together that they found. <laughs> i love this he's been dubbed the alien hunter of harvard he has like a horror movie yeah and his his peers have really been attacking him because of this now so i'm surprised he's because we're talking about harvard like people from Harvard are characteristically extremely resistant to new findings. So 
because of what's going on right now, like how he's getting attacked. Like no one wants to be in that position. So is this guy just like, hey, I'm getting old. I want to look into the stuff I want to look into. Or what? It's just weird. Like he's potentially going to lose his position at Harvard because of this. Most likely, actually. Yeah, that's that's the interesting question. You know, I'm sure there's so many people that are fascinated by this, though that still are his peers. They're just not willing to speak out about it. You know, and the ones that are like criticizing him are the ones that are, you know, being controlled. Obviously. I don't think so. I think so. the, I think people in that, um, I think they're fascinated by it. Like they want it for themselves, fascinated by it, but I don't think that they're like on the surface, their role is to, completely deny all of this stuff and keep it for themselves so to speak right? that's true too yeah yeah that's true all right well we need to we're going to show a really awesome trailer for you guys to promote what we're doing on rise.tv and when we get back we have um actually he's uh, one last thing he's bringing up is ancient civilizations on mars <laughs> Well, hey, that sounds like fun. Let's yeah. play a trailer and come back and talk about that. Sounds cool. I didn't want to go public without evidence because I knew no one would believe me. The entire incident happened about five to six minutes in total. And my mom shouts really loud, oh my God, what is that? What is that? At no point, the two men in black or the Air Force gentleman asked my mother or her friends, what did they see? They looked human, but they did weird things. The men in black, they said, you will report it as a helicopter crash, or we will take your son away. The men in black play the narrative and the media outlets skew it back out. This was 1991 Project Mockingbird in full effect. Well, hey, yeah, if you want to hear all about uh, those spacecrafts that Elon Musk claims don't exist in interviews with him. You should probably watch that interview. <laughs> James Earl. What's his name? His name's um, Robert Earl. Robert Earl White. Robert Robert Earl White. White. I always want to call him James Earl Jones because it's like one of those perfect trilogy. Of yeah. So true. And speaking of UFOs too, I actually interviewed Michael Sh um, Shrat last night, and that's going to be up this week. Uh, thousand documentations of um, not just sightings of UFOs, but military personal uh, encounters with UFOs. Uh, whether they saw them with their own eyes. And I'm not talking about in the sky. I'm talking about they were at a base and they saw a craft there. They actually either physically touched it or had some kind of encounter with it and physically saw alien beings. And um, so he's compiled all of these and there was a book written and everything. And so his work, he's been on ancient aliens and 
numerous documentaries too. So man, it was just mind blowing though, like all the stuff that he was talking about. And I, I haven't heard of any of it before. So it was just really awesome. That's great. Some of these stories that he told about these, uh, you know, it's like prior to Roswell and kind of coming up more into modern times. So it was really, really incredible. Some of the, some of the story, the case studies that they've done. So, and they have like, there's even there, well, there's uh drawings that go with everything and, and whatnot. So yeah, be on the lookout for that. It's really cool. We're going to talk more about some of, some of these UFO instances here, but um, all right. So we have, oh yeah, so we were talking about Mars, right? So this is really fascinating. It's, uh, the same guy, Avi Loeb, he actually is, has speculated that it's very possible that there was an ancient civilization on Mars prior to like having a civilization, civilization here on Earth that could even, he even said it could be a billion years old that had like a, a very advanced technological civilization and then something happened on Mars, kind of got wiped out. And he, he thinks that simultaneously it's possible that Earth and Mars developed their own like civilizations, you know, at the same time without really knowing about each other's civilizations. So that I, I don't know. I'm just again, you know, this like Harvard professor just talking about this. <laughs> It's just like, it's not something you hear all the time. Yeah. So, um, yeah. He, he kind of referenced it as like separated from time and space. And we're like these siblings that never had the opportunity to meet and unaware of each other's existence and, and meaning like earth and Mars. So that's pretty I fascinating. Doubt that. I just doubt that. You doubt um, that Oh, yeah. Well, any civilization that becomes advanced is going to find things, right? Oh, We're what's that? To... What's that beautiful sparkling gem of a planet just down the road from us? You know, like I right. saw it with my telescope. It's amazing looking. Yeah. Well, especially because Mars is red to us. And when we appear blue to Mars. But back then, Mars would have looked like Earth. Oh, Dude, you're probably right. The rust in the oh, in the sand is reportedly from the metal that has deteriorated over time from the advanced civilization that was there. I mean, that's a good point. That's the theory. Yeah, you're right. right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So it might actually have been a blue planet. Right. And if it was, then yeah, it's like, hey, there might be life on this planet because if it's blue, that means it could be have water, and then. Yeah, there could have been advanced civilization here on Earth that even went to Mars, and they could have like, uh, you know. Well, I mean, we're talking I about found a long time ago. This week, mm -hmm. there is some substance on Antarctica that was found that they think came from Mars, and if you think about that, and, and what they're saying with this substance, I, I can't remember when this article came out or when this report came out, but. They're saying, oh, something happened on Mars. There was an emission, meaning like some explosion. And the fragments just happened to land in Antarctica. Think about that for a second. Think about the mathematical probability. <laughs> just happened to land in Antarctica. Just happened to hit a speck in the cosmos that is that far away. Like 
that is extremely hard to do. Like so hard, in fact, that it's easier to understand or to believe that there was some type of communication between planets than there would be that fragment just hitting Antarctica. You know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I, I think probably there's a lot more history between the planets than we're aware of, especially if that's an interesting point. We're talking, I mean, think about it. If, if human beings, okay, let's pull back for a second and mm-hmm. think like, all right, um, human beings have been around for millions of years, theory of evolution. Let's put it down for a second and say human beings have been developing here for millions of years. Well, I think the remote viewing session that we saw on the CIA website, Ben, said that they looked back a million years to see what was going on on Mars. Right, exactly. That's That's true. That's not that long ago. Million years. So if human beings were here a few million years ago and they were developing slowly or whatever they were doing, like what happened to Mars only happened over the last million years. That means that there's loads of possibility that there's been communication between Mars for a long time. In fact... There could still be because we don't know what's going Mm. on underneath Mars's surface. If there's a colony on Mars, according to some whistleblowers or what, right? It's true. And the the other aspect is we don't know what kind of technology they had as well. I mean, it is quite possible if they, I mean, if you, if, I mean, it's, it's kind of like what, what Elon's trying to do here and, and even, even their original plan. And I, I can't remember I can't remember those scenarios. There was three different ones. One, it was like in a hypothetical situation. One was like to leave earth and, and like go to Mars or something and try to form a colony there. The other one was, um, I kind of remember this. I don't remember what the choice is. I want to say, um, Eisenhower proposed this originally. And then like another one was go underground. And I can't remember the third one. Uh, I can't remember the name of these. There was, it was, it was called something very specific, and there's was these like three agenda movies. something or other. Yeah, it was something like that. And it was, you know, and so it's like when you think about it from that perspective, if you had an advanced civilization knowing that some kind of catastrophe was like looming and you had the ability to leave the planet, you know, it's like, well, maybe they did and came over to our planet, you know, and, and who knows? Maybe that's like why we have certain things, why like possibly giants, you know, (laughs) I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there, but um, you know, and maybe not everybody on the planet could go. And so it's weird. We're left behind. I just realized this, but Elon Musk's work is sandwiched between all of that stuff. It is. Yeah. Hey, Lindsay, do you think you might be able to track down what Ben was just talking about? It's called like, it's not agenda 21. That's no, it's not. I've been looking it's like it's something like that. It's like t- Agenda Two Fifty Six or something. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Anyway, um, so no, no, chat may may remember what well, it my is. My point too. though is that like think about what Elon, all the companies that Elon owns. So SpaceX, right, which goes could potentially go to Mars, which is to form that colony. The Boring Company, which is to drill down deep. And, and like, who knows if that was even involved in like the construction of the Denver International Airport, which reportedly has this like gigantic bunker in it. That's why, you know, the uh, the murals were so crazy is because of what was underneath it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I can't remember what the other one was. There was one other thing. 
can't which was either. I want but, to say it had something to do with like doing something to the air or it wasn't blocking out the sun, which what they want to do, but it was something like that. I'll keep thinking. I, I want to say it was Eisenhower. It was either Eisenhower or who, either who is right before Eisenhower or right after Eisenhower. Truman or something? My, Truman. It might have been Truman. It was either Truman or Eisenhower. And I think Bill Cooper talks about it in his book, Behold a Pale Horse. I just can't remember. Darn it. Laura Eisenhower talks about it a lot too. And I can't remember the exact wording. Yeah, I know, dude. Doing. I know exactly what it's you're like, talking about. And I can't remember the name. Right of it. on the tip of my tongue and I can't think of it. But anyway, we'll come back to that. I'll try to remember what that is too. But, um, well, speaking. Okay. So was there anything else that you wanted to add about that? Uh, about. What Elon or, uh, you know, it is fascinating that that he is planning out those uh, scenarios. I, I just wish I could. No, yeah, I just think funny. it's yeah, I just think it's strange. Like, I. I don't really know. I want to I, like I want to believe Elon Musk, but the only way he'd be able to do the work that he's doing is if he agreed not to talk about certain things like that'd be the only way. Well. Or maybe um, threatened not to talk about certain things. I don't. I don't know. I think because yes, it, probably it's more likely that it's an agreement. Just like yeah, you know what I mean, right? Because um, from what I understand, you know, because because everything's compartment compartmentalized, right? So, mm -hmm. so if the government were to do like, okay, let's say they get some kind of technical, like technological craft thing, advanced technology. And if the government works on it internally, everything has to be documented. If you get a private company, you don't have to worry about anything. It's like, here, you handle this. And actually, Michael Schratt was saying this the other day, or yeah, yeah the other night to me. He said, you know, um, basically, the only thing that they care about is the technology. It's like, you can have all the money, you can have whatever you get from this, you can have all we care about is getting this technology. So that's what's kind of fascinating. And so if you hire a company like SpaceX and say, you know, here's some technology we found, try to reverse engineer this and see what you can come up with it. Whatever you come up with, like you can use in your own SpaceX stuff. You know, we just want whatever this technology is. We just want to have it back and figure out how to utilize it. So it's quite possible, though, in order to do that, they, you have to sign like all these NDAs saying you will never talk about it to anyone. You will never reference there's aliens or, you know, all of this stuff. Right. I would imagine that there's it's not just paperwork. It's like your life is on the line. If you cross this line, we will kill you. <laughs> that's what I would imagine. No. And um, but that and that's what I mean. It's like it's like that the deal is set up. You know what you mm -hmm. can and can't say or do. And then you you either agree to it or you don't. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, and then you got like skunk works, Lockheed Martin, SpaceX, all these other, and now it's like, there's so many Boeing even, you know, and then here's this, like, which kind of leads us into this, uh, magical material that's stronger than steel and lighter than aluminum. And, um, Galvron, I guess what they're calling it. So there's this it's new called what Galvron Galvron sounds like sounds like the Transformers Galvatron. But <laughs> but um, 
So th this is this new material that they're that they have developed, and it, ha it has its conductivity of copper. That's crazy. And um, so this is the material they made. This is this material. It's stronger than steel. Yeah. And it's lighter than aluminum. Yes. It's yeah. called Galvorn. Galvorn. Not Galvron. Galvorn, I guess. Yeah. I didn't watch Transformers when they were young. They don't yeah. know. What it's, it, but anyway, this is really fascinating. It's a result of more of a $20 million investment from two U-Force Air Force, U.S. Air Force research agencies. There it is right there. Why would a U U.S. Air Force, you know, why would money go into a yeah, company? This, this is reverse engineered 100%, alien. 100%. Yeah. 100%. It's like, here's some fabric that we found that's some kind of metalli right. metallic fabric that's indestructible. Let's reverse engineer this and yeah. use it for the military. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. You know, so, um, yeah, that's very, very fascinating. Cause I mean, that, that's some of the stories that, that, that people share are that there is these like indestructible structures that your fabric that you can't tear it, you can't burn it. You know, it's just almost like indestructible in itself and it's very thin and light and metallic, but also fiber at the same time. So that's exactly what this, you know, it's like, well, we just made it. So, you know, it took them like maybe years of years of research to make this stuff, but you know, and it's like, that's, what's so fascinating. And these random companies are getting these government contracts to do these things. So, yeah, you know, who knows how much this is going to be. And then it's like, what is it going to be used for? Oh, wow. They, they actually referenced um, Tolkien here from Lord of the what? Rings. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Inspirational examples and desirable, sorry, uh, desirable traits. Uh, um, Luigi Galvami, I'm not sure. Is that a designer? Sorry, I'm not sure who that is. Meets J.R.R. Token to give us a perfect name for our material. Isn't he the one that worked with galvanism? No, Luigi Galvani is. Yeah, he did like okay. like electricity. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah Bioelectricity, yeah. basically. Thinking, dude, I'm thinking more recent. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who this guy is. Very well, fast. his name's Luigi, so he's yeah. got to be cool. That's why I'm like, yeah, anyway. So this is very fascinating. It, it makes great electri uh, electrical contact with our skin and tissue. Rendering them ideal for use in wearable electronics or electrophysiology. I'm not even sure what that means. Electro, like, uh, like what they're alluding to here. Nanotube materials. This is really interesting. But um, yeah, so. I mean, this is like obviously, and I, I don't know. I'm thinking like JRR token because of the what's that called that 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 chain mail that that um that um frodo wears the one that's like indestructible and it's super light oh, mithril yeah that's yeah. what i, I would have named it mithril if i was them yeah i would have too but <laughs> uh very interesting anyway i feel like this guy is about to put that on and become zorro <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go Good find, Lindsay. Mithril. Mithril is like the um, 
vibranium of the Tolkien universe. It is. And Galvron, Galvorn is the Galvorn, whatever yeah, it is. is the vibranium of our of our universe, I guess. Yeah. Our universe needs to catch up. We don't know what we're doing here. Well, and and reportedly there there that's like some of the craft they've encountered is like indestructible. You could like, you know, fire oh, whatever you want. I think I got it. it. I th- I th- oh yeah, you've been looking for it. I was yeah, that's great. Right. Uh, I'm still looking for it, but I think it's isn't it Agenda 23? I don't think so. I don't think it was a. It might have been Agenda. I don't think it was Agenda though. It was something like that. Damn it! I can't believe I can't think of the name of it. All right, I gotta come back to it. All right. Well, um, okay. What was it? But oh, wait, hold on. What it was in it was in case something happened, like in case there was some kind of disaster. Is it? A, yeah. But what more, kind? More just some kind of ca- global catastrophe. You know, it, it wasn't really specified what. Like, could be anything from meteorite to, you know, planet exploding to some natural disaster or something like that. Dude, so. you look up global catastrophe plan and. All it talks about is climate change. Climate change. Yep. Yep. It's so annoying. Yeah. Type in like a look at whatchamacallit. Um, what was his name? Eisenhower's secret escape plan. I don't know. <laughs> I'll do this for Friday, guys. Okay. 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 I like I like how Lindsay is I making her effort to try to this. stop yeah. me from finding this. <laughs> Good luck. It was like there was it was called, I think, two words, one, two and three. That 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 that's what it was. But I can't remember. Yeah, two words. you're probably right. right. Well, OK, so I've been doing some research on some interesting UFO topics and crashes and whatnot. And I came across something that I have never encountered before. And I couldn't believe I've never heard of this. An actual alien. I wish <laughs> maybe Friday. Friday, I'll I'll bring my friend along. You can see the actual alien. Who's that? (laughs) It's a secret. Yeah, I'll have him hang out on on Friday. All right. But but no. um, Okay, so we all know about Roswell, right? I mean, that's like, and then there was a couple other ones that happened prior to Roswell. But Aurora, Texas UFO incident. Have you ever heard of this? It's yes, from, I've heard of it. Okay, eighteen ninety-seven. There was a UFO that crashed in Aurora, Texas, in eighteen. Yes, yes. Okay. I did not know about. Uh, yeah, that. and I remember it. Just, that's right. It destroyed a windmill. It went like right yes. through the windmill. Yeah, and I, it went right through a windmill. Um, and the farmer in the area, there was, a, I mean, it was such a massive thing. I mean, imagine 1897 that all, all the townspeople came and wanted to figure out what just happened. Uh, there is a report and, and there was a local news report that came out in the Texas local newspaper. I don't know if it was in Aurora specifically, but in that area. And it actually reported there. That's it right there. Um, now they called it an airship. And what's super fascinating, prior to like around prior to 1900s, the term UFO 
or even alien or even extraterrestrial. These words were or even the term weather balloon didn't exist then. That's true too. So everything is like an airship or some mysterious object of lights. And so it makes it kind of hard to find actually going back to these old articles because you can't type in like UFO and do a search. So I was like typing in like airship and it was very fascinating what was coming up. Well, in this particular case, they, the farmer said they, they recovered a body quote, not of this world. And this is even prior to, um, to like having like a men in black military or anything else, you know? So these townspeople just did what they thought they could do to like clean up the area and, and everything that they needed. I guess there was an army officer that arrived at Fort Worth. And again, this is before like, you know, the, the military is going to come in there and clean it all up and everything. And he just agreed that he believed that it was a Martian that they found. And, um, there was strange, the, the, they report, see, they, and they didn't even have words to describe things back then. So they couldn't say it was like a spacecraft or, or even an airplane or any of these words, or even like the metal. They were just like, it was a strange metal that they found, a blend of silver and aluminum. Um, and then it was, uh, you know, they, they, uh, they, there was actual um, like writings on the, on the craft that looked like some kind of like hieroglyphs or something like that. And they they didn't know what to do with the body. So they literally buried it in a cemetery and marked it with a rock and just gave it gave the alien like a Christian burial ceremony because <laughs> they just felt like that was the appropriate thing to do. It's like, here's this alien being that died and they're like, oh, we'll just bury it. <laughs> so, so they did that. Those are normal Christians. Now yeah. <laughs> Christians only think aliens are demons. Not all Christians. Are yeah, I mean, it's true. I general, guess, there's... you know, something crashed. They're like, oh, wow. You know, OK, you know, this thing died. It's kind of sad. Um, by 1935, I guess the owner of the land, his name was Brawley Oates, um, decided to clear. Oh, no. So he was a new owner of the land. So years went by. New owner came in. They they reportedly put everything in a well. So all the all like the spaceships. Dude, that must have completely made all of the water toxic in the area. That's why I'm like, why would you dump this in a well? You know, unless the well was complete. Like even even if the well, yeah, 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 it was an old well that wasn't used anymore. Okay, that that's right, that's right. There was no water, more water, no water anymore. They were that's so they just dumped it in this in this like empty well basically, and kind of covered it up. And years later, when the when the new owner came to the farm, he decided to start clearing out things in the area and he started clearing out that well and destroyed it to like rebuild it. And he found all these. He said it was deformed, knotted and twisted metal pieces that left his or left his hand deformed, knotted and twisted. I'm sorry, his from from handling all these pieces, he said he got severe arthritis and it deformed his hands. So there was radiation on the piece. He believed that it had some kind of, that, that the, these pieces had some kind of um, contamination from like radiation. I don't even know if radiation was a word back then though or not, but um, 
So then he 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 sealed it up with concrete and then built a shed on top of it. And you can there in that article, there's actually a rock there with this like alien like UFO craft carved on it. And throughout the decades, there's been a lot of investigations into this whole thing. And later it came out as a hoax. Um, but there was a, in, in the seventies, there was a massive, massive investigation that MUFON did actually. And they concluded in their investigation that this was a hundred percent real from, from their findings and that there really was a pilot, not of this world who died in the craft. And now, unfortunately the, uh, the tomb or wherever they buried him has been like, it was like robbed and, and it's not, it's no longer there, obviously. You know, oh, probably. Uh, yeah. The military got that by that point. I'm the sure military. the craft is no longer there, etc. I'm sure that is too. Um, and they went back and Lindsay, you can show the, uh, can you show the full investigation paper Lindsay here? Um, they went back and used metal. I mean, this is like, you know, we're talking about decades later now. This is like, you know, in the seventies, they went back and used metal detectors and um, they actually found uh, small pieces of metal. They found metal that was like blasted into like bare limestone rock, which seems like impossible to penetrate. Limestone is very strong. So they it actually found blasted into what? Into the limestone. Like in other words, like these, these metal fragment pieces were like, like, like stuck into the limestone. So, yeah, and they and it actually that's this from the crash. Then that's from the crash. This report is very detailed. They actually, I mean, it talks about. It actually has photographs of the metal pieces that they found. It goes into detail explaining why they do not think this was a hoax. Um, they talk to a lot of local people. They have um, their stories written down in this investigation. Uh, you know, obviously, no one, no one was like. I don't think anyone is alive by this point, you know, I mean, you know, it's possible. It's been like 80 years if this was in the seventies roughly, but um, you know, but obviously probably other family members who were like, Oh yeah. I remember my grandma talking about this or something like that. You know um, there was some interviews that they did and they found that even in, excuse me, some of the trees, the oak right. trees in the area had, um, metal pieces two feet inside of them so in other words that you know now these trees have grown like 80 years as well so now there's like they found metal pieces like inside of these trees that that, that is crazy that would show that it was like you know at least almost 100 years old or something like that if this is if they were doing this then in the 90s even so these are some of the pieces that they found so and this is like something broken so, and they found, um, it's like roughly in like a hundred foot area where reportedly exploded, they found different pieces of metal fragments in the area. So to them, their conclusion was there was definitely something that happened. Um, and they found pieces, you know, obviously metal pieces that, that, that go along with the story. So their conclusion is that it wasn't a hoax and that there is actually something to this story. And these are actual real uh, photographs of the things that were found. So I've, I like, 
I don't remember ever coming across this. So I was like totally blown away because I, I had no idea. I, I heard that, you know, we've actually talked about some of the, the crashes that have happened prior to, um, you know, Roswell. But and what town was this in? Can we pull this up on a map? Yeah. Aurora, Texas. So where? it's it's a small i know it's kind of small and i'm not even 100 percent sure where this is there we go so it's kind of what is it it's oh above, it's very far up there very yeah, close to oklahoma yeah well you know close in texas is like two hours but. <laughs> so it, it's kind of near fort worth it's not that far from fort worth enough Okay. Yeah, it's about maybe it's like north of it. Yeah, it's like maybe like you know an hour north or something like that. I'm lo I'm looking at the Fort Worth and and where that is, so it's not that far. So yeah, in Dallas, which makes sense why the 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 army officer from Fort Worth went then went there. So very fascinating stuff, though. Um. And, and it's quite possible, you know, I mean, like you and I researched so much, so it's quite possible that I've encountered something like this, but I just couldn't really remember yeah, a no, lot. We, we've heard it d at different times, but it's really interesting always to see like the article, yeah, you know, I from agree. the old days. Yeah. And speaking, you know, so then I started looking into this stuff a little bit more closely and, um, well that, that's like, again, this is the original, original article that was written, but so this is from, so I started looking, so then I, you know, once they use the term airship, I was like, dude, let me, let me like go back and see if I could find anything else in the newspapers, you know, and see how old or see how far back I can get. And, um, I found this one from 1896. This was published um sorry Lindsay, can you can you see where this was published oh yeah okay so this is in san francisco um and it's called it's just called the call the san francisco call and this whole thing this is a full front page um report about seeing these mysterious lights in the sky and they called it an airship and they literally drew uh, like a, a, wow. a ship in the sky because <laughs> they have no, no other ways to describe this or, or anything else to reference it at this point. You know, there, there are, there were like these, um, the blimps that were just starting to be made during this time. And people thought there was a, a local guy named, and they didn't give him a first name. His name is Dr. Benjamin. And they thought that Dr. Benjamin were doing some tests with his new airship things. And they interviewed him right away. And he's like, no, I haven't been doing anything. And so what's fascinating and the reason why this made it to the front page, again, this is 1896, is because the mayor of the town, and I don't know if it was San Francisco, but the mayor of the local town saw this, this craft. A colonel in the military saw it the advertising manager from the San Francisco call paper 
who, who, so during that time he saw this and the local police captain's daughter also reported it. So all of these different people reported this within, um, within like two days of each other. And they described it as an extremely bright light in the sky, moving very fast and in different directions. Some mentioned that it could, it had been, it, it, it almost seemed 500 feet, um, long. Like this thing was massive. Um, they described it as, as a, almost like a bird. <laughs> and yeah, so people thought maybe this is like some kind of experimental ship. And then, you know, that Dr. Benjamin guy said, nope, he wasn't doing anything. And it was there long enough. People were actually getting on top of their roofs to watch this thing. So this thing was hovering for quite a long time because multiple people, so many people in the area were seeing this thing and people started talking about it, like, you know, to their neighbors, like going over to their neighbor and saying like, yo, let's look at this thing. And then everyone get on top of the roofs to, to watch it. And they said it looked like more like a, they, they could tell it was an outline of an airship or vessel it looked like a huge bird that was moving up and down very quickly. So it was kind of like hovering up and down and then also like kind of going back and forth over the next couple of days, like so many people were seeing it and um, yeah, it's just so fascinating. They, they also just like other people said it was a brilliant light and a huge bird like body floating in midair. And um, other people said it was about 300, like the, the, the guy from the, from the call that this newspaper the manager, uh, advertising manager, he said it was about 300 feet above earth and it was moving with tremendous velocity. So, you know, at that point, at that time, not, not much, you can't really travel very fast. So. <laughs> well, and, and it's not like there were satellites in the stars to make you think it was something else. Like exactly. nothing was in the sky except birds. Nothing so, was in the, birds it? or potentially maybe like a you know like i said like an airship but if there was it would be like this big announcement everyone would know what this, that was and it would just be this like you know blimp kind of moving around this there's nothing that could move like that especially back in the 1800s unless the military had some secret technology but i don't think they had it at that point so it's really no, really interesting and then other other newspapers were reporting on it too. So, some, uh, the San Francisco Examiner also reported on it in, in around this time in the 1800s. They someone reported it as a, almost like a cigar shaped, and also someone said it was like whale shaped object. <laughs> and there were also reports of clusters of ships or flocks. They called them flocks of ships of lights in the air. So. Yeah. And then so this was happening in the late 1800s, all through like 1896 through 1899. There was all these like different reports of like airships and even a Associated Press operator. Um, he saw one of these, too. And he said it was a mysterious aerial body that was seen in the area. And it was uh, and like two hours later, there was other reports coming in and people were saying it was like 50 feet long and had brilliant colored lights all over it. So, and if these were airships, they didn't have lights on airships back in the day, you know, maybe like a small light. So we're talking about these like gigantic, you know, super bright lights. The 1800s. Yeah. Did they even have light bulbs, dude? They did have light bulbs. 
What, yeah. what, when did they have light bulbs? Um, uh, the late 1800s. They, yeah. Uh, when were, was this? The, this was the late 1800s. So, I mean, it's like they had light bulbs, but there's no way they can have a light bulb in the sky at this point, you know, because they, they, they would need electricity. That's what I'm saying. Generate that. I mean, they could, they could have like a, a lantern hang, you know, and with like actual fire burning with oil, but you would be able to tell, Oh yeah, that that's, that's that, you know, rather than, than being a, um, being this like, you know, okay, so the, the invention of the light bulb, which was a massive, by the way, according to what Edison is looking at right here, this was <laughs> 1880. 1880. I was going to say, yeah, they actually started having electricity 1880. in the, in the late 1800s. So they, they did start having electricity, but. Okay. So, but what's interesting here is the inventor of the electric battery right there was 1799 to 1780. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Set, go back 1799 to 1800. So, yeah, I mean, the, like, when did, when did light bulbs become like a household item? Well, we're, and then we just did the whole thing on the, the light bulb conspiracy that's going to be coming out in the near future. We actually filmed all of that. So like by, by the, by the 1900s, it was pretty normal because remember early 1900s, late 1800s, Rockefeller was losing their standard oil because people were switching over from kerosene to electricity by that point. And so right. okay. they so were trying to figure out a way to stay in business instead of getting obsolete, which then goes into the car industry and how they took over the car industry. It does say that, that incandescent light bulbs became widely available in the 1880s yeah 1880s yeah so which which makes sense yeah but again this is uh you know we're talking about brilliant lights in the sky that we would see today when we see ufos right they there's no way no and, they and could... they're, they're like would have to be some type of power generator powering it that was that was yeah. wired from exactly that that's the other thing too like they, there's no way they could power that from the sky without having electricity hooked up to it. Not so, without some huge battery that probably yeah, didn't exist or, back then. Or battery. I mean, Tesla might have had something back then, but even still, there's no way. And then the, the fat, the, the, the speed that this thing was moving and the velocity and yeah. everything, it's like there's no way it could uh it could hold up. So all right. Well, you guys, we're gonna jump over to um rise.tv now and we're going to leave everywhere we're streaming rumble facebook ganjing world twitter and youtube and so if you haven't please come over and join us on rise.tv for 9.99 a month and please support our work during during these live shows we always do a Q&A where you get to ask us your questions directly in the live chat and as always your support lets us keep doing these deep dives and keep doing the show, um, of course, that the censors have been wanting to suppress. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. And there's one more thing that we can show. So we'll show that when we go over to Rise.TV. There is a, a photograph from the 1950s of a UFO. So we can get into that, too. Wow, so, very cool. Yeah. All right, you guys. Well, thanks so much for being with us. And we'll see you over there on Rise.TV. There's a war on children, and its weapon is right in your own home. 
In this critical series from Edge of Wonder, we expose the astonishing truth about how children are being programmed and groomed with hidden sexual content and subliminal messages. Did you know that today's children's programming is full of sex and sexual themes? From erotic animation in Disney classics, to behavior manipulation in modern Pixar, from Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network's questionable themes, to media, movies, and more. This is a bigger pattern of hidden nudity, sexual innuendos in cartoons, and normalization of pedophilia that can't be ignored. After this video, you'll see why it's a spiritual battle for our children's morality and why we think parents should have all the facts to make the ultimate choices for their own kids. This is War on Children. All right, welcome to Rise.TV, mm -hmm. y'all. Yeah, all right. So real quick where we left off, I'll just show this one last thing. So this is 